0: Good afternoon, brethren. It's good to see you all here. Yes. I want to say thank you to Brother Julius. Thank you for reading the Scripture. Yes. Very thankful to you and your family for the ministry you have, and we're going to miss you. Yes. And I want to take a moment to remember a friend of ours. His name was Wes James. He was a minister for many years, and he passed away on Thursday. And I don't know any details about it, but I... Uh, I would like to take a moment to pray for Brother Wes and his family. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm thankful for the memory of Wes James, and I know that now he's entered into the rest, and he's not suffering anymore. I pray that you'll be with his family, that they will turn to Christ. And I pray that you'll be with Pastor Keith Brumfield as he is visiting with the family and getting ready to preach a funeral. Lord, I just pray that you will be glorified in all of this, and I'm thankful for the memory of West James and his friendship. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 There are rising calls for churches to neglect the Old Testament. In fact, yeah. many churches have called themselves New Testament churches and devote themselves entirely to the New Testament. And a famous minister recently, Andy Stanley, has made comments that we don't even really need the Old Testament anymore. I dispute that. Mm -hmm. that. We're looking today in the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Malachi was a prophet of God, the last prophet who wrote Mm -hmm. between the end of the Old Testament and when Christ came. And his name was Malachi, in Hebrew it would be Malachi, Malak being the word for angel or messenger, also referred to some of the prophets and the kings were called. But it, he was my messenger from God. Mm-hmm. He wrote it about 430 B.C., in the time when Nehemiah came back to Babylon. There was two visits that Nehemiah had made. It's interesting that all today, in Sister June's class, Brother Robert's uh, sermon, and Brother Justin's Introduction. You hit on things that I'm going to talk about today, and I didn't plan this. It just happened. In the 605 B.C., King Nebuchadnezzar came and surrounded Jerusalem and attacked it and occupied and took a few of the wealthy families and the princes, and including Daniel and his friends. He came back in 586 and destroyed the temple and carted off most of the people to Babylon and where they were in captivity. He left occupying forces behind. And Judah spent 70 years in captivity. Yeah. And there's a man named King Cyrus who was instrumental in getting the temple rebuilt. He came and at night, he just walked right up the river into Babylon and took it. And God had put him in a place to rebuild this temple. In 538, he attacked BC, uh, 538 BC, he attacked Babylon. And Darius was his viceroy for two years. In 536, King Cyrus... That's considered the first year of his reign. And he was the supreme king and commander. And he gave an edict for rebuilding the temple. Now, many years had passed. And in about 457 B.C., Ezra came with a contingent of people. And they rebuilt the temple. Now, Nehemiah came about 445 B.C. He heard that the walls were still in disarray. And he came to see for himself. And he stayed for, oh, about 20 years. And he rebuilt the walls. Mm-hmm. So we have a temple and the walls. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he left and went back to his post in Babylon. This is the atmosphere in which Malachi wrote. It was in between the time when Nehemiah went back to Babylon before he came back a second time. The people were profaning God's covenant, yeah. they were dishonoring God, they were bringing defiled offerings. The priesthood was defiled. Yeah. God would not offer their, accept their offerings. They neglected to tithe. The polluted bread on the altar. They were marrying idolatrous people. And divorce was rampant. Calling evildoers good. And it says that in Malachi 2.17 that they were wearying God with their words. You have wearied the the Lord with your words, yet you say, wherein have we wearied thee? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? That is the question. Where is the God of judgment? Over and over, God had demonstrated he was keeping his covenant. Malachi opens with his assessment of Esau and Jacob. He said, I love Jacob, but I hated Esau. It was a covenant he made with Jacob. He kept his covenant. He talks about the covenant of Levi in Malachi 2. He said, a covenant of life and peace in verse 5. He talked about the covenant of the fathers, Malachi 2.10. And there is a marriage covenant in Malachi 2.14. God is a God of covenants. Mm -hmm. But these people at the time of Malachi thought that God would overlook the condition of their heart. They would look, overlook their sins. They would overlook them profaning his name and his offerings and the priesthood and marriage. The people of Malachi's time were praying for God to come and judge the nations. They were calling for God to rescue them and vindicate his name, in spite of the fact that they had forsaken the covenant. And the question is where is the God of judgment? Well, here's the answer, Malachi 3, verse 1. Mm -hmm. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, Mm -hmm. whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Mm -hmm. Now, I want you to notice who is speaking here. At the end it says, saith the Lord of hosts. So there's one, and he says, I will send my messenger. Mm -hmm. The messenger, of course would be someone other than the Lord of hosts. There's two. Mm-hmm. The next part of the verse says, And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. That's three. Mm-hmm. Whom ye delight in. There's four people in this verse. Now, it's possible that this was meant to be sarcastic, that whom you delight in, because they'd forsaken God's covenant, they have forsaken the covenant of the priests, they have forsaken the covenant of marriage. So, it's possible... When he's saying he delight in this messenger of the covenant, that he was being sarcastic. But I delight in the message, messenger of the covenant. So I'm taking it as literal. People will delight in this messenger of the covenant. But I want to point out, the Lord God says, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. That's a very important word. So when you f- see the fulfillment of this, new, this in the New Testament, Who is this speaking about? If we didn't have this verse in the Old Testament, we wouldn't have as clear a picture of who Jesus Christ was. Because he said, I will send my messenger before me. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're uh, a king and you're going to visit your territory and you will send people before a herald with a trumpet proclaiming the king is coming and get ready. And, of course, you'd have to have a, a... very, very long red carpet, but you want to make it nice and smooth. So you'd take any obstacles out of the way, any hindrances. You'd uh, like a nice highway down to Arkansas instead of going up and down the hills, you'd have it cut right through the hills and make it nice and smooth. That's what this messenger was supposed to do. Yeah. I'm going to talk about the first part of this verse, mm-hmm. and the second part of this verse will be for at a later time. Now, my title of my message is I Will Send My Messenger. And the next time will be a message on the messenger of the covenant. Mm -hmm. I'd like to take you to the book of Mark, chapter 1. This is what led me back to Malachi 3, looking at the text of Mark. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare... Thy way before thee, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now, this is something I would I would tell you. This is me speaking, not the Lord speaking, not Brother Given speaking, not word of truth fellowship. This is me, consider the source. But if your Bible says, as is written in Isaiah, the prophet, feel free to take your ballpoint pen and cross out the word Isaiah, and write in the prophets. Now, you, that's harsh, and you may be offended. And consider the source. I'm the one that said it, not Brother Given or the, or the Fellowship here. But because this is from two passages. This is from Malachi and Isaiah. If it says, if it's written Isaiah the prophet, it's because the, the textual critics, the, the, the correctors of the ancient manuscripts, uh-huh. didn't know that Malachi was in there. They couldn't find the, and so they... Put the, they put Isaiah. Well, it's two prophets. I would take you back to Isaiah chapter 40, where we do see about the voice crying in the wilderness. Now, that's verse 3 of Mark. This is talking about the same person. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain." And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now that is verse 3 of Mark chapter 1. Mark, 2, uh, Mark 1 verse 2 is from Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. It says, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face. Well, notice the wording. Go back to Malachi chapter 3. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Mm-hmm. Now it says, as is written in the prophets, Behold, I will send my messenger before thy face. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, speaking of Christ. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, yeah. in Malachi, it says, mm-hmm. Send my messenger before me. Here it says, Before thy face. Now the word face is not in the English text of Malachi, but in Malachi 3.1, the word for before me you, can, you have a strong concordance. You can look that up. It includes the, the face. Now, you're if you, uh, I'm uh, kind of, I got notes, but I'm ignoring them at the present time, so I'm, give me a t- chance to collect my thoughts. If you turn and face somebody, you turn toward them. Yeah. If you're going before someone, you're going before their face because that's the direction they're going. God says he will take his sins and throw them behind his back. Well, of course, God sees everything, but he's saying he won't remember them anymore. But yeah. if it's in front of his face, that's the direction he's going. The messenger is going to prepare before his face, before... Mm-hmm. Now, this is talking about the Messiah here. Of course, we know that the messenger of the covenant... Now, you notice the... He puts... The, the scripture says... Uh, the. In Malachi 3.1, the Lord whom you seek, even the messenger of the covenant. They're the same. Here we have the fulfillment of this prophecy. although well, there's two prophecies in Isaiah and Malachi. And we find that the fulfillment of this is John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was the first messenger, the messenger of the I will send before thy face. Mm -hmm. And Jesus Christ is the Lord, the messenger of the covenant. And I would really like to talk about the messenger of the covenant next time. Mm -hmm. Now let's continue reading in Mark. I intended to preach from Mark, but I thought it would be better to have the text from Malachi. Mm -hmm. Verse 4, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins... Mm -hmm. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with a camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with the water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Mm -hmm. We find that this messenger was preaching Baptism, mm-hmm. repentance for sin, baptism for remission of sins. That's right. And Jesus came to be baptized of him, and then we find that this is the Son of God we're talking about mm-hmm. the Messenger of the Covenant, the Lord who will come to his temple. This is the, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. Now, John the Baptist was a strange character. He had a miraculous birth, mm-hmm. his parents were aged, they couldn't have babies. It says that Elizabeth was barren. This says they were both well stricken in years. Zechariah says, I am an old man. And he was, it was his turn to, to burn incense in the temple. Mm-hmm. They would divide up the priesthood into different courses. Mm-hmm. And there was, David did this, 24 different courses of priests, named after the different uh, priests at the time of David, I believe. That's in the uh, Chronicles. And so it was time for Zacharias to come, and by a lot, he went in to burn incense. It says it was, this is in Luke chapter 1, at the time of incense. Well, we read in Acts chapter 3 that Peter and John went to pray, to the temple to pray at about 3 o'clock, the time of prayer. The time of incense and prayer would be the same in Revelation, and in the Psalms, it equates burning of incense and prayers. So, inside, the priest would be burning the incense. Yep. Outside, the people would be gathered praying. Mm-hmm. And while he's in there praying and burning incense, the angel Gabriel appears to him and says, I'm going to give you the answer to your prayers. So, we know what sacrifice was praying about, even though it's not recorded in the text. Mm-hmm. He said, you're going to have a baby. And he didn't believe him. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to compare that with what Mary yeah. said. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary mm-hmm. and said, You're going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And she believed. Zechariah did not. Now, that did not hinder God's plan. That's right. Now, Zechariah was made so he couldn't speak for a period of nine months. Mm -hmm. His his mouth wouldn't even open. And so he came out, and he was trying to tell people what happened, and they they perceived that he had seen a vision, but they couldn't. They didn't didn't see inside the temple. They're outside. But they gathered that he had seen a vision and he tried to talk to them but he couldn't so he made signs to them Mm -hmm. so he went home and it says that Elizabeth conceived Mm -hmm. but what happened was the angel told Zechariah before this baby would be born that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost and he would be a Nazarite from the womb Mm -hmm. he would not drink any strong drink Mm -hmm. and he would be dedicated to the Lord and this is the miraculous birth now Elizabeth was barren There had to be a healing that would take place before she could have a baby. Now, there's several times we remember Abraham and Sarah. Mm -hmm. And Sarah was barren. And the angel of the Lord appeared and said, you're going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Well, think of all the miraculous births in the Bible. We have Samson's parents. Mm -hmm. The angel came and said that they would have a baby. Mm -hmm. Hannah in the tabernacle praying Mm -hmm. before Eli and that involved a direct miracle of god for them to have babies now jesus christ he was a miracle too but he did not have a human father he had god for his father so the birth of john the baptist would be not not the same not a conception of the holy ghost when the holy ghost overshadowed mary and the, therefore jesus had god for his father But it was a miracle that this happened. And this baby grew up, and he says in Luke chapter 1, at the end of it, that until the time of his showing to Israel, he was out in the desert. Where is his parents? Mm -hmm. There's no mention of them after that. But we... This is verse uh, Luke one verse eighty. The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, and was in the deserts until the day of his showing unto Israel. There's no mention of his parents after his birth. We don't know they were old already. Maybe they passed away. But they, in the meantime, before they died, they told John the Baptist what Angel Gabriel had yeah. said. John the Baptist knew that he was going to, to be the voice in the wilderness. Yeah. And we find that John the Baptist and Jesus Christ did meet before they were born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mary was told by the angel, you're going to have a baby. And he said, your, your cousin Elizabeth is already yeah. going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And so Mary went down to visit Elizabeth. Elizabeth was six months pregnant. Yeah. And when Mary showed up, John the Baptist leaped in her womb for joy, in Elizabeth's womb for joy. Uh-huh. His reaction to seeing the Christ was joy. Yeah, that's right. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and she prophesied. Uh-huh. We also find that later, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied. It said there would be rejoicing at his birth. And later we find that there was rejoicing when he was born. Now, we want to look at the words of Zacharias, the aged priest. Mm-hmm. Luke 1, But thou, child, speaking of John the Baptist, now this is, he's talking to an eight-day-old eight baby. Yeah. Now, I don't know how much John the Baptist remembered from when he was eight days old. I don't know. It's possible. I'm sure his parents had told him yeah. what was said. Mm-hmm. I also would suggest that perhaps Anna and Simeon were there and saw Zechariah not able to talk, and all of a sudden he's able to talk, and he's prophesying, and they knew that the Lord's Christ was coming, and that's why they were in the temple at the time in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus came mm-hmm. to be presented in the temple. That's speculation. Yeah. But all we know is they have an eight-day-old baby being prophesied over when Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways. That's a quote from Malachi 3 1. By the way, the song we're singing, In the Glory Land Way, this is the way of the Lord. We're in the Glory Land Way, the way of righteousness. Amen. Verse 77 To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring of on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That was John the Baptist's mission. And I put to you that John the Baptist knew what his mission was, and he never wavered from it. And that's why from when he was a child he went out in the desert because he knew he was going to have to be in the desert to be the voice. So he went there. We find that it was he was in the desert when the word of God came to him. This is in Luke chapter 3. It gives a time period, Luke 3, 1 and 2 says the word of God came unto John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness he was there he already knew he was going to be the voice and he never wavered from this He'd, people were wondering who are you there's three three people they were looking for Moses said in Deuteronomy 18:15, there's going to be a prophet like unto me hear him yeah. so they're looking for this prophet yeah. in Malachi 4 verse 5 and 6 the last verse of the Old Testament in the English version. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That is John the Baptist's mission, to turn the hearts to the Lord. So we find that John is in the wilderness Preaching. Why didn't he go to the city? Well, first of all, God told him that he would be the voice in the wilderness. But you think you'd get more converts in the city. I mean, just go on a street corner, you got a quarter of a million people in Jerusalem. They'd have more people coming. No, the people emptied out of the city and flocked to the desert to find John the Baptist. When God has a message, he's going to send the people to where the message is. That's right. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. They're making a way for the Lord, making it smooth. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So now he's preaching his message, and he's insulting the people that come to hear him, particularly the Pharisees says there was a multitude. And I believe in Matthew, it doesn't say there was Pharisees. Well, it says... uh, This is a parallel passage. Matthew says it was Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him. Luke says it was a multitude. It was a multitude of Pharisees and Sadducees that he was criticizing. He said, Oh, generation of vipers! Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? That's a, what an insult. Who is the generation of vipers? I remind you of Genesis 3, 15, 14, 15, 16. The prophecy, he shall bru- bruise his head and he shall bruise him on the heel. Speaking of the serpent, he was saying that they were the seed of Satan. And later in John, you find that he called them the seed of Satan, that Satan was their father. What an insult. But they never were. I mean, they were priests, but they had not turned to God. Their heart was not right. They weren't following God. I tell you, that sermon wouldn't go over very well today. But John the Baptist didn't have any fear. He confronted Herod the Tetrarch. Now, Herod the Great, who was when... He is the one that had all the babies in Bethlehem killed when Jesus was just a little boy. When he died, he divided his kingdom into four: three of his sons and another guy. Herod the Tetrarch was married to this lady. His wife at the time was the king of uh, King Aretas of uh, Arabia, and uh, he fell in love with his brother's. Brother Philip's wife, Herodias, and they've had this plot that he was going to divorce his wife and marry Herodias, and he did. and we find that John the Baptist didn't have any trouble confronting Herod and Herodias, and that's why he was thrown in prison, and that's why he was beheaded and this is a, you know, there's a lot of scriptures you could read for background. And I'm getting off my main point, but I wanted to give you some information about John the Baptist. And we find that in Malachi 3, 1, that he was sent to be a messenger to prepare the way. To prepare would be to turn the hearts. You take a person with a corrupt, wicked heart, and you turn their heart to the Lord. He did that by preaching. When he was preaching repentance, it says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost. What is the mission of the Holy Ghost? This is in John 16, when he, the Comforter, shall appear. When he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And John the Baptist preached to Herod, that it was not right for him to have a Herodias yeah. He preached to the Pharisees and Sadducees, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. He preached judgment and sin and righteousness. That was his message, and his message was to repent from your sin, to be baptized. This is a, a washing I would put to you that this was all preparation. This baptism of repentance, that John preached, This is getting people ready for the Lord. But well, we find that later that there were people who had been baptized with this baptism and needed more instruction. In Acts chapter 18, we find there was a, a brilliant man. He was learned in the scriptures named Apollos. And there was a fellow co-workers with Paul, Aquila and Priscilla who were tent makers by trade. And they found Apollos... Teaching boldly in the synagogue. It says uh, Acts 18:25, "This man, Apollos, was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expanded unto him the way of the Lord more perfectly worry of God more perfectly. And they, later they wrote letters, and later we find him in Acts 19. Now he's in uh, Corinth. And Paul went to Ephesus. Now Paul found some people in Ephesus. Acts 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth... Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples, and said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost? Since you believed And they said, We have not so much as even heard, yeah. mm-hmm. as whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Mm-hmm. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So John's baptism was a preparation for the Lord. People turned their hearts to the Lord. They were, they were, uh, the Jews were very familiar with baptism. In fact, many of them every day would go and wash before they, the priests would, they would go wash before they went into the, do the services in the temple. Well, this was a a washing of the body, showing that they were repenting of their sins. And it's for remission of sins. So sins were passed over. I can see that I'll have to talk about these things in more detail at another time. Mm -hmm. But we find that John's baptism was just preparation. Mm -hmm. Now, he said, after me will come one who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, this is the very last thing, almost the last thing Jesus said before he ascended into the heavens. He's getting ready to give his last words to his disciples. Acts 1, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, this is speaking of Jesus, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. This promise was the Holy Ghost, which was promised. Mm-hmm. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Specifically, it was 10 days. They waited in the upper room and the Holy Ghost came on them. But there's a baptism of with the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Now, John's baptism didn't do that. It was a baptism. People did turn their hearts to the Lord. They repented. Yeah. And they were dipped in the water back up. Mm-hmm. By the way, the word is, should be baptism, not immerse. Yeah, that's right. Because the focus, they say, well, it's just a transliteration from baptizo. Well, yeah, sure, it does talk about going under the water. But if you put someone under the water and leave them there, well, then uh, I guess they won't have to worry about sinning anymore after they... <laughs> no, we go down in the water and come back up. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. The baptism. Amen. But now, there's a baptism that is a baptism of repentance, but it doesn't actually change your heart. It doesn't fill you with the Holy Spirit. There is a baptism that does fill you with the Holy Ghost, Amen. takes away your sins, Amen. and I just... The baptism of repentance alone is insufficient. John's message was... Preparation. it was not the final message. He pointed people to Christ. He was a messenger in Malachi 3.1. He said, he was a messenger I will send before me, before my face. He preached before Jesus. He didn't preach himself. He preached Christ. He said, I must decrease, but he must increase. He said, I'm not even worthy to unloose his shoes or carry his shoes. If you have a servant, like a Different dinners. You would have. you got dusty roads. You've got people wearing sandals, and their feet are smelly and dirty. You'd have a servant come and take their shoes off and wash their feet. You have a servant to do that. John says, "I'm not even worthy to do that. I'm not even the lowest servant compared to Jesus Christ." Now we look at John the Baptist. Now Jesus' assessment of what John the Baptist was, he said he is the greatest yeah. one ever born of woman up to this time. But he also said. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Amen. Why is that? Mm-hmm. We look at John the Baptist. He was a great man. Yeah. He pointed people to the Lord. That's right. If you're down in a valley, you look up on a mountain and you see a, the evening star right there. Uh-huh. And you think, well, it's just, it's almost touching the mountain. I can go climb the mountain and touch the star. Well, you get to the top of the mountain and you see, well, uh, actually the star's yeah. millions of miles away and you can't reach it. Well, John is like, we see John and Christ and we climb to the top of the mountain to see John, and we see well, Christ is still way up there. Right. He didn't point people to himself. Mm-hmm. When Jesus was baptizing more, well, Jesus didn't baptize himself. This is in uh, John chapter 3, I believe. But he, he had more people coming to him than were coming to John. And he had to escape because uh, John didn't get upset. By this, he continued preaching, pointing people to Christ. Now, I would like to point out to you what his message was. That there's a, turn to John chapter five. This is what Jesus said about John the Baptist. John five thirty three. Ye sent unto John, and he bare witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man. But these things I say that ye might be saved. This is Jesus' assessment of John. He was a burning and a shining light and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than that of John uh-huh. for the works which the Father had given me to finish. The same works that I do bear witness to me and the Father that the Father sent me and the Father himself which hath sent me hath borne witness to me. He says, Ye have never neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. It's interesting because there was a time when God's voice was heard when Go back to, let's go to Matthew, I think, Matthew 3. And John is preaching. And Jesus came to be baptized. And uh, John says, uh, well, you're coming to me to be baptized? I should be baptized to you. And Jesus said, to well, it's to fulfill all righteousness. Mm-hmm. I can see that's a topic for another day. But Jesus had to be baptized by John to fulfill righteousness. So every priest before he entered his ministry had a public ordination ceremony where he was anointed and washed in the laver. Let's just say that the scripture says that this is what this event was. It had more than just him standing out there in the water and being baptized and coming out up. It was of infinite. Uh, we can't understand all that happened. Acts says that he was baptized with the Holy Ghost and with power and this is when it happened. And Matthew three sixteen. Jesus, when He was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and, lo, the heavens were opened unto Him, and He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon Him. And, lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In John 5, Jesus said, You have never heard His voice or seen His shape. But now we have the voice from heaven. It's possible that only John and Jesus heard it. Well, we don't know. Right. But I have notice in, Mal- in Matthew three seventeen. It says, this is my beloved son. It says, this is my beloved son. Mm -hmm. Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 1, verse 11. There came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And Luke says the same thing. God speaking directly to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, it's possible John the Baptist heard it because it said, this is my beloved son. Mm -hmm. But John knew when he saw Jesus and the Holy Ghost coming down, and yeah, we have the, all the members of the Godhead together, yeah. united mm-hmm. in purpose at that time and place. Mm-hmm. And the Father speaking, this is my beloved Son, yeah. the Holy Ghost coming right. in the form of dove and lighting on him, mm-hmm. and Jesus there yeah. being baptized. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Mm-hmm. It was necessary for this to happen. Amen. That's why it was to fulfill all righteousness yeah. that he... That's right. This is the one that John pointed to. That's right. In John chapter 1, briefly I'll mention that John's message was not of himself, but of Christ. When John was baptizing, he saw Jesus walking by one day. Of course, I really encourage you to read John chapter 1, verse 19 through 28. His discussion with the priests and Levites who said, are you that prophet? Are you Elijah? Are you the Christ? He says, no, I'm not the Christ. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. He said, who are you then? I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. This is an amazing text right here. He pointed people to Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, John's message, if I may sum it up, John's testimony, which reminds me, I don't have enough time. I need to point you to John chapter 1, verse 6. There was a man sent from God. Yes. God said, I will send my messenger. Here we go. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. And we know the true light was Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 15. John Bear witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Mm-hmm. Again, John was six months older than Jesus. Yeah. How could he be before him? Yeah. Well, there's some great implications in this verse. Yeah. Yeah. This points to the fact that he is eternal Amen. and everlasting. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The scripture is full of the fact that Jesus is eternal and everlasting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. I remind you. Uh, I think it's important to say this at this time. Malachi three, one. I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Zechariah. Chapter. Eleven. This is the Lord God speaking. I said unto them, uh, Zechariah eleven twelve. I said to them, If you think good, give me my price. And if not forbear, so they weighed for my price, 30 pieces of silver. Who did they weigh that for? Jesus Christ, when Judas Iscariot betrayed him. Mm-hmm. The Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, That a goodly price that I, God says, I was prized at of them. Yes. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Notice the pronoun. He says, I, that's the Lord God speaking, yes. that he was the one that was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver and we find in the New Testament that was Jesus Christ the second member of the Godhead Mm -hmm. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced the Old Testament if we don't have the Old Testament we would not know all the implications of who Jesus is He was the one that was pierced. But yet in the Old Testament, God, the Lord God, is saying they will look upon me, whom they have pierced. I was prized at them of thirty pieces of silver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will send my messenger before me. And yet in the New Testament we find that's Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, God Jesus is not God the Father, He's not the Holy Spirit. But he's certainly a member of the Godhead. Amen. Now, John's testimony of Jesus. John chapter 1, 29-35. I'll read it and make a comment and close. But this is John's testimony. The next day John seeth Jesus coming to him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same sent unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bare record that this is the Son of God, And the next day after, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. These are two amazing insights that John had, and the Father had to tell him this so he could tell the world. By the way, it was John's message Mm -hmm. that pointed the disciples to Jesus. Because of John's witness, I'm a believer. Yeah. If John hadn't come and witnessed, we don't know the result, but it, he was it was because of his message yeah. that people believe. Mm-hmm. I can't recall the scripture right now. There's, but it was because of his testimony mm-hmm. yeah. that anyone believes. Mm-hmm. He went before Christ. He That's pointed right. to Christ. Right. He said, this is the Lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Now, the disciples That's couldn't right. comprehend that until after Jesus was right. dead, buried. And resurrected, then they could understand this. Somehow, John saw this, and a lamb can't take away sins until it's slaughtered. There's a sacrifice. Somehow John saw this. I don't know if he saw the full implication of this. And the other record is he said, "I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God." This is the testimony of John. He was a messenger sent by God. He said, "Before me." Before thy face, speaking of Jesus Christ, he testified of Christ, that he is the one who takes away sins. Yep. He is the Son of God. Amen. And that's why I believe, and that's why you believe, because of John's testimony. Amen. And thank you for your kind attention. Amen. Amen.